Stuart Mazell, I'm the pastor here, and in the meantime, we will be continuing our series on hospitable. We've been talking about how the scriptures call us, how God calls us to be a hospitable people, a people who show hospitality to others, and we've been looking at a lot of different things. Today, we're going to be looking specifically at Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 21. If you would like to turn in your own Bible and read along, you're welcome to. The uh, passage will be on the screens. I'll remind you that this is Paul writing to the church in Rome, but he's, it's also God's Word because God has inspired what Paul wrote to not only be for them then, but for us today. So let's hear what uh, God has to say to us by His Spirit, starting in verse 9 of Romans 12. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves. But leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Let me pray for us one more time. Jesus, we're thankful that this is your word, and it is good. Um, Will you, by your spirit, give us ears to hear, give us minds that can understand, give us hearts that will receive your word, so that we would see your truth, your goodness, your love, and that would spill over into the way we show hospitality, love, and care to others. And this we pray, Jesus, again, in your name and for your glory. Amen. 
right, so back in um, 2003, there was a 19-year-old student at, uh, at Harvard who uh, had just been jilted by a girl he liked. So he went back to his room, and he was sullenly sulking in his room, probably drinking a little bit too much, to be honest. But then he got a life-changing idea. He decided to make a website that allowed Harvard students to judge the attractiveness of the other fellow students. He called the website FaceMash, which is not a great name. And it was really short-lived because once the Harvard administration found out about it, they quickly shut it down. But it was that website that sparked the idea for this 19-year-old to build another website, a website that he would hope would allow all of Harvard students to connect with one another. But the thing is, it got bigger than that. A lot bigger. Because that's the short and skinny story about how Mark Zuckerberg became a billionaire because of Facebook. His desire to get people to connect. A website designed to help connect people, and in many ways it has helped us connect. There are people that I haven't seen in years that I can keep up with on Facebook, and there is a sense in which we connect. But let's be honest, there are other ways in which Facebook and other social media uh, sites have actually hurt our connections. Connections on Facebook are mostly superficial. The deep connection of face-to-face -face is missing, and that can be problematic. Authentic connection is also an issue on Facebook because we all like to display a very sanitized version of our lives. I have yet to see someone, at least on my feed, show their dirty laundry all over the house, or their children having a temper tantrum, or their dinner that they burned. Right? We don't show those things. We only show what is good. And so we're missing out on the harder parts of life. And then, <laughs> Facebook allows us to express our thoughts and our feelings to a screen rather than to a face. And what that ends up doing usually is that respectful, courteous, honoring of other people goes out the window. And so we say mean and nasty things to one another, which we would never do if we were face to face. Now, I'm not trying to slam Facebook. It has its place. But I am saying that for a, a website that was developed to connect people, it does good at connecting people widely, 
but it does not meet us where we really need that deeper, more meaningful connection that we all long for. Right? You long for something more than just, hey, how are you? How was the game? Weird weather we're having lately, right? We all long for something more than just that. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. We've been talking about hospitality and how showing hospitality is about welcoming people. It's about sharing people. And today we're going to be talking about connecting. Because one major part of showing hospitality is connecting with others. Connecting with others. Now, what do I mean when I say the word connect? Because I'm imagining that there's probably different definitions in your mind of what it means to connect with someone. For some people, to connect means to touch base with someone. Like, you know, oh, could you connect with so-and-so to make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to do? And so you text them, hey, are you going to bring the bread home tonight? You got the eggs and milk? For some of us, that's what we think connection is. Others think connection is about hitting it off with someone. Now, before I go on, I'm going to nerd out a little bit. Hit it off is a weird idiom, right? Have you ever thought about it? Hit it off. Because when we think of the word hit, we think about striking someone. So why do we call, when you get along with someone really well, hitting it off? I found out that originally the word hit in English meant to meet or to fall in with. And so when you hit it off with someone, which originally was a 1780s kind of idiom, and it's continued to come to today, it just meant you get along with someone well. So there you go. Thank you for letting me nerd out for a minute. I'm not talking about hitting it off with someone. Because you can hit it off with someone and then never really connect with them again. And unfortunately, some of us, and okay, I'm not talking about anybody in this room, but you know, some of us have that possibility that when we don't hit it off with someone, we don't want to engage with that person again. And that's not what I'm talking about. Now, what I'm talking about here is engagement, meaningful engagement with another human being created in the image of God. That's what we're talking about when I say connect with others. Showing hospitality is about meaningful engagement with another human being. And Romans 12 is going to help us to look to see what this connection looks like. So are you ready? Are you ready to dive into Romans 12? There's so much that we could talk about, but we're just going to look at a few things. If we're going to connect with others, we need to do it well. Connecting with others well involves three things. Three things. Number one, genuine love. Genuine love. Romans 12, 9 says, let love be genuine. That's easy. Let love be genuine, right? Not fake love, 
Not fake it till you make it love, but genuine love. Love that comes from the depths of within us and it spills out into our relationships with others. Let love be that way. In fact, let it be so much so genuine love that Romans 12, 10, that we love one another with brotherly affection. We, we love one another like family that I see you and I say, there's my brother, there's my sister, they're my family. Again, not the crazy kind of family that you you only talk to at family get-togethers, you know, the crazy uncle that shows up drunk. Not that guy. I'm talking about your brother, your sister. Right? Brotherly affection. And, And it's not just saying, I love you. It's doing something. Love, genuine love doesn't just say, I love you, and then let you go. No, genuine love, Romans 12, 13, contributes to the needs of the saints. You see a need, and you contribute to that need. You try to help that person. You seek to show hospitality and meet their needs. And it's not just about the church either. Genuine love isn't just what we do for each other. Romans 12, 18, if possible. I know that's a big if, but still, if possible, so far as it depends upon you, live peaceably with all. That's genuine love. I'm going to live peaceably with people around me, no matter who they are, no matter what they're doing. As far as it depends on me, I'm going to try to live peaceful, peaceably. And then you might be going, wait a second, Stuart, what about, you know, those bad people out there? Bad people. People that say bad things about us. People who talk bad about us. People who are just bad. <laughs> Should we try to live peaceably with them? Should we have genuine love for them? Romans 12, 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Show genuine love even to someone who is persecuting you, who is trying to harm you. Show genuine love. Bless them, not curse them. And if you think, well, that's just one verse. Maybe we can skip over that. Paul comes back to it at the end of the passage in verses 19 through 20. He says, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, and listen to this, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, Give him something to drink. For by so doing you will heap burning coals on his head. That's a weird image. Most Bible commentators think that the reason they're talking about coals on the head comes from a, an Egyptian practice where if someone was having shame, they would put literally, literally coals on their head. So in other words, you do good to them and it will bring shame on them and hopefully 
it would win them over. But even if not, you still don't take vengeance because you leave that all to God. God has that, not us. So if we're going to show hospitality to other people, we have to have genuine love. Now this, I came across a, um, an opinion piece recently, and I'm going to say I'm a little bit scared to read this section, but I'm going to, and you can run me out later. But I think we need to hear this. This is going to be hard for some of us. And some of you are probably going to go, well, that's not me. Okay, maybe it's not you. But I think it's good for us to hear this, even if it pushes our buttons a little bit. This opinion piece was about Southern hospitality. Now, I grew up in the South, okay? So I still got a Southern accent, so I can do it. I'm, I'm here. I know what it's like. This, <laughs> this opinion piece hits hard, though. So let's, let's listen. The person writes, Southern hospitality may be nice on the surface until you realize the person being hospitable is completely and utterly faking it. I don't know how anyone in the South can figure out if someone really likes them or if they are just being hospitable because the second you leave or turn your back, they start talking crap about you. Saying, I practice Southern hospitality to me now translates to, I'm completely two-faced and you'll never know how I really feel about you because in practice, Southern hospitality involves straight up lying to people. Ouch. Now again, maybe you're saying, well, that's not me. That's not how I am. Great. I've experienced this people who invite me into their home, they're sweet and kind and loving, and I leave and I find out they're saying nasty things about me behind my back. That's not genuine love. And if that's what Southern hospitality is, which I would say it's not, this guy does, obviously, but if that's what Southern hospitality is, I don't want that. I want Christ's hospitality. That's what I want. That's what I want to show, and that's what I want to receive. Genuine love, genuine care for another person. Genuine hospitality means connecting with others, and connecting with others involves genuine love. So that's the first thing that we've talked about. There's another thing in this passage that we'll see. Genuine hospitality also involves not just genuine love, but honoring others. Honoring others. A passage of scripture that has really started to like, become one of my favorites in just what it says is Romans 12.10, where Paul says, outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another in showing honor. Think about it. What would, what would the church be like if we were falling all over one another, trying to honor one another, and not in some fake way, but in a genuine, loving way? I want to honor you. 
I want to care about you. I want to put your desires and needs above my own. I think that's how we see how some of the rest of this plays out, like Romans 12, 16, when he says, live in harmony with one another. How do we live in harmony with one another? If we're honoring one another, you've got most of the battle won. Or do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Instead of going, well, I'm too good for that person, we go, no, I'm going to care and show honor to another person, even if they're different. Never be wise in your own sight. Again, showing honor to other people by listening to what they have to say because maybe they have a point that I need to hear. And again, Romans 12, 17, repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. I'm not just thinking about how to honor you, but I'm thinking about how to honor God, how to honor the church, how to honor other people. In other words, I'm thinking about other people, not just myself. That's part of what showing hospitality is about, honoring the other person. This is, I know I've slammed a couple of times, you know, getting out the fine china. But I want you to see that's where that should come from. I want to honor you. Not show off before you, but I want to honor you, right? By giving you the best I have. We talked earlier about uh, Mark Zuckerberg back in 2003. In 2004, in July of 2004, there were nine U.S. soldiers who came home from Iraq on a two-week leave. And they got on a flight from Atlanta to Chicago, and something amazing happened. They were sitting in the cheap seats. You know, that's, that's where me and my family sit when we fly, in the cheap seats, way in the back. But there were people up in first class who saw them get on and they gave up their first class seat for those nine soldiers. Put them all up in the front of the plane and they went and sat in the back. That's honoring. That's honoring people. Wouldn't it be awesome if we did that not just with military folks but with one another? That we honored one another in this room with that kind of honor, that we cared that much about each other, that we're not just saying, well, this is my seat. This is where I want to sit. No, I want to honor you. Take my seat. Wow. Wouldn't that be an incredible... Look, I'm telling you, if we honored people, if the church honored people that way, there wouldn't be any empty spots in our church. Because people would be like, there's something different about these folks. They're showing Christ in a way that I've never seen. We are not an honoring culture, except for when someone dies. And then they're perfect, right? But other than that, we don't really honor one another well. This is an area where we can grow to be like those people who were in first class and they gave up their seats to honor one another, to outdo honoring 
each other, and that is what it means to show hospitality. We honor other people above ourselves. So we've seen that showing hospitality involves connecting with people, and connecting well means showing genuine love. It means honoring others, and then there's a third one. And this is actually the one that's the most difficult, I think, in our society. Empathy. Empathy. Now maybe you're thinking, well, what do you mean by empathy? Okay. Someone told me this once, that this is what empathy is like, and I have stuck with it because I feel like it explains it so well. Empathy is not this. Someone falls into a deep pit, and they're just in the, they're in the bottom of the pit, and they're, they're cold, they're hungry, they're thirsty, and they're just lying there languishing. You walk by the pit, and you look down and say, man, it really stinks to be you, and you keep walking. Not empathy. Empathy is more like you walk up to the pit, you look down, and then you crawl into the pit with them to experience what they're experiencing, to know what it's like for them, to, as the saying goes, walk a mile in their shoes. That's what empathy is. And that's exactly what this passage tells us to do. Romans 12, 15. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. That's empathy, right? Someone, so we got graduates. We rejoice with the people who are graduating. Yay, this is awesome. We're so glad that you have graduated. Let's celebrate. Someone finds out that there's a member of their family that has cancer, and we mourn with them. We weep with them. We show them that that is not a good thing, and we want to let them know that we're with them. See, that's what empathy is. And again, Romans 12, 16, when it tells us to live in harmony with one another, if we're empathetic, we'll do that better. Live in harmony with one another. Don't be haughty. Associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. All of that comes under the idea of being empathetic with others. And in fact, I would say Romans 12, 18 also falls under empathy. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. All? Even people who have different views than me? Yeah, as far as it depends upon you. Be at peace. And one way you can do that is show empathy. You know how you can show empathy? Tell me why you believe that. I believe something so different. I would like to hear why you believe what you believe. Right? One of the most frustrating things, and I do it to people too, and so this, I guess this is a confession, <laughs> but one of the frustrating things to me is when I feel a certain way, something has happened, and someone tells me, well, you shouldn't feel that way. Really? I shouldn't feel that way. How do you know how I should feel? Are you where I am? 
Now, maybe I have some wrong views. Maybe there's something wrong in my life. Maybe there is something to be corrected, but it's not my feelings. My feelings aren't what needs to be corrected. What's underneath the feelings might need to be. But the reason I'm feeling the way I'm feeling is because of the thoughts behind the feelings. And so when we're empathetic, we go, oh, wow, it sounds like you're really upset. Let's talk about that. And then you can find out what's underneath being upset. And then you can get to the root of the problem, not the fruit. See, we want to pick the fruit and pick it apart rather than getting to the root. Okay? The problem isn't the feelings. The problem is what's underneath. And if we're empathetic, we can actually get there. But if you say, you shouldn't feel that way, well, conversation's done. You're not going to get to the root of what's really happening. And if I may say so, Romans 12, 20 also falls under this. It's understanding where a person really is. If your enemy's hungry, what do you do? You think, if I was hungry, would I want someone to give me food? If I was thirsty, would I want someone to give me something to drink? And here's someone who's my enemy, and yet they're hungry, they're thirsty. I will give them food and drink. Why? Because Jesus says, do to others as you would have them do to you. That's, that's part of empathy. Look, I mentioned earlier that uh, empathy is, is, such a, is such a difficult thing in our society. And let me just give you a, a brief story about how that showed up in my own life. Uh, some of you know that my father died um, several years ago, and I, I, I took it hard. I wasn't, there, there were some complications with um, my dad at near the end of his life, and I wasn't dealing with it well. So I went to a counselor and talked with a counselor about it, and I was sharing a story from my childhood when I was probably maybe my son's age or younger, uh, 12 or younger, and um, I, I told the counselor about how I brought home a I think I've shared this, this story with you, some of you, before, uh, how I brought home a picture of myself from school. You know how the school pictures, you know, they have a little background, and, you know, and I smiled really big. I mean, really big in that picture. And I was so proud of this. This is my picture. And I brought it home, and my dad said, ooh, we should uh, put that out in the field so it'll scare the crows away. Right? Um, everybody I've ever told that story to has said, well, I'm sure your dad didn't mean it. He was just joking. It, I, I'm sure your dad, like, you know, I mean, you look just like him, so, <laughs> you know, he, he wasn't, like, trying to insult your, your, your looks because you look so much like him. I mean, it's, it's, he would be insulting himself if he did that. Yeah, all kinds of things to try to get out from under how it made me feel when he said that. But my counselor said, wow, that must have really hurt. And I did like that. I mean, I literally shook my head like that. Like, what? What did you just say? Because no one, I mean no one, had ever really gone there with me. That's a shame. We 
the church, we ought to be kings and queens of empathy, to be able to understand where someone is and to say, wow, that must have been really painful. Tell me about it. Wow, that must have really hurt. Tell me about it. Wow, you must be really furious about that. Tell me about it. Because as we talked about in a Sunday school class this morning from James, we're all to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. So those are three things, three things that we are all supposed to do if we're going to be hospitable and connect with people. We're to have genuine love, right? We're to honor one another, and then we're to show empathy And listen, we are enabled, church, if you're a Christian, this is about you. We, the church, we, followers of Christ, we are enabled to connect with others in these ways because of the way God has connected with us in Christ. Because God has connected with us so well in Christ, we can connect with others in these ways. Genuine love, let me tell you about a God who loves the world and gave his only son, that while we were sinners, while we were enemies, while we were running away from God, Christ died for us. That's genuine love, right? Honoring us, think about the King of kings and the Lord of lords honored us with his presence by becoming like us coming incarnate, becoming enfleshed and living among us. And then for those of us who believe, he welcomes us into his family and he calls us and he's not ashamed to call us. Brothers, sisters, family, you're part of my tribe. You're part of me. And he even shares the inheritance of a new heaven and a new earth with us. He honors us with that. Isn't that amazing? The genuine love and the honoring that God in Christ has given to us. And then talk about empathy. Remember that um, story I told about the person falling in the pit and empathy is crawling down into the pit with them? That's Jesus. Jesus didn't sit up in heaven and wait for us to get our act together. He came down into the pit of this fallen world. And he lived with us. And he took our sin upon himself at the cross. He died for us and he rose from the dead for us because of that genuine love, because of that desire to honor us and because of that desire to empathize with us, to suffer where we have suffered so that he can be a savior to the uttermost. That's our Jesus. That's, and when we fix our eyes on him and see what he's done for us, that kind of love, that kind of honoring, that kind of giving and caring and hospitality and empathy, it all flows from us. So, Some of you like action points. And if you want to hear an action point today, if you want something specific to do, here's what I would say. Show hospitality to at least one person this week by connecting with them. 
I mean, genuine love. Maybe you need to pray about that genuine love. By honoring them. By empathizing with them. One last thing before we close for today. You know, um, it used to be that any restaurant I would go to, I, I hope that they had a hot spot. You know what I mean by the hot spot? A place where you can get Wi-Fi, you know, really easily. I mean, McDonald's was like, the, they, they wanted to make sure that they, you knew that they had a hot spot because they would actually have hot spot written on a sign over a certain section. So you could go there and you get the best internet you could get in the whole building or around. Hot spots are something that we find in restaurants, cafes, and libraries so that we can connect to the internet. I want to say the way we ought to connect here at the church is uh, life groups. That's our hot spot. I don't know how many people are in this room today, but I, I bet you that you don't all know each other. And you definitely can't connect on deep levels with one another. But if you get into a hot spot of a life group, you can connect well. You can connect with each other. You can get that interaction that Facebook won't give you, that just seeing one another in the hallways won't give you. And if you're not involved in a life group, I beg you, I urge you, Get involved in one. And if we don't have one available for you, we'll try to figure it out. Because it's this important. You can't grow in these ways without having the opportunity to. And Life Group gives you a great opportunity to connect on a deeper level than you would be just seeing each other once a week on Sundays. All right. Since I said that, now... By the power of the Spirit and in the name of Jesus, let's grow in connecting well with others. And I'd like to pray for all of you that we will be able to do that well. Holy Spirit, will you please help us to connect well with each other, to connect well with our neighbors, to connect well with our coworkers, to connect well with our fellow students, to connect well with our families, to connect well with whoever you have in our circle of influence. Lord, would you empower us and build us up so that we would have genuine love, so that we would honor one another, so that we would show empathy to one another and help each one of us to find at least one person to show that kind of connection with this week. Empower us, Holy Spirit, that we would be able to do that. For your glory, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one true God. Amen.